welcome to the Irresistible Marketing Pod, the podcast that shows you how to charm your way into customers, cash, and a life filled with abundance while keeping your enchantments grounded in integrity. It's like Hogwarts for business owners, minus the transphobia. Anyway, hello, I'm Isa Gauchi, the Marketing Confidence Cheerleader and owner of the M. Isa Messaging Digital Marketing Agency, your humble but super hot host. Today, we're talking about how to find your special sauce when you're worried about standing out in a crowded market. Now, first off, let me assure you that there is room for you. There are a lot of restaurants in every city, a lot of hairstylists, photographers, content creators, lawyers, healthcare providers, and dance teachers, etc., etc., etc. Because there are a lot of people in every city who need these services. So don't get discouraged because other people are in the same field as you or have businesses similar to yours. So it's a given that there is room for you. There is room for your business. Let's get into it. So if you don't know what your special sauce is, you are probably asking the wrong questions because you don't have to worry about the competition. Yes, I know it's crowded out there. And yes, I'm confident there is room for you. Do you need to stand out? Yes, you do. But most people go about it all wrong. And it all comes down to the questions that you're asking yourself inside your own brain space. So two of the most unhelpful questions that new business owners tend to obsess over are, what can I do that is most likely to make money? And Who is most likely to pay me that money? Focusing on these questions sets you up to build a brand that is out of alignment with what you actually care about. There's that beautiful Mary Oliver quote. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Is it to focus on doing whatever you think people will pay you for? Even if you hate it? Even if it's boring or painful or no fun at all? even if it's to serve people you despise? I'm guessing no. That is not how you want to spend your one wild and precious life. So I've got some better questions for you to ponder as you build your business. What do I care about? What do I enjoy doing? And who am I rooting for? Now, before your internalized capitalism starts yelling at you that you can't make money if you reorient around what you want, I've got news for you. Your internalized capitalism is lying to you. You can make money doing what you want. And focusing on what you actually want is going to make it way easier to stand out from other providers of similar products or services. I'm going to break it down for you exactly how. So. Stop asking, what can I do that is most likely to make money? Because focusing on this question is going to lead you astray. Because what can I do that is most likely to make money comes from a place of scarcity and it orients you around how to get something without factoring in what you genuinely want to give in exchange. This question also assumes that what is most likely to make money has nothing to do with what you actually want to do and enjoy doing and is instead entirely based on factors external to you. When you shape your business in response to what can I do that is most likely to make money, 
you're effectively erasing yourself from your own business. And you don't want to do that because, pro tip, you are the special sauce. See, I know you care about more than simply surviving. And I know you care about more than making money and a name for yourself. It's okay that you want these things, but they're not all that you want. And they're certainly not the ones that are going to make you stand out from the crowd. Furthermore, I know you went into business because you wanted to help people. There's no way you're listening to this podcast and care about me if that's not your aim in this world. You have a way to make people's lives a little or a lot better with your products or services. And that's a giving energy. And it's so much more of a compelling focus for your business. To reiterate, needing and wanting money from your business does not make you stand out from the crowd. Offering a way to make life more worth living for your people does. So in order to have a recognizable special sauce that is going to get people wanting to work with you out of all the similar providers, in order to have that thing, that special sauce, you need to factor yourself all the way into your business, starting with what you actually care about. Start asking, what do I care about? To uncover what you care about, I want you to answer the following questions. So grab your journal, discuss with your work wifey, or meditate on these questions, but do make sure you have clear answers for yourself. Let's not even worry about money for a sec, or even work. When the pressure is off, when no one is looking, when you're left to your own devices and are free to do your own thing, what do you think about? What are you trying to heal from? What growth do you reach for? What information do you seek out? What are you trying to learn? What things do you see in the world that you want to make better? Where do you put your energy? How do you spend your time? I want you to review your answers and start noticing what your responses reveal about your interests, your values, your moral code, the issues that matter to you, where you're trying to help and heal, and what you naturally gravitate towards without the pressure of obligation. Next, I want you to reflect on your business. Does the business you're building reflect your interests, values, moral code, the issues that matter to you, and the subjects you naturally gravitate towards? Does the work you do support where you're naturally inclined to help and heal? If the answer is no, how can you shift your offers and your focus so that they do? You want your business to reflect what you actually care about because that is the business you are going to be most motivated and most energized to build. That's the business you're going to keep showing up for when things are hard. The business that reflects what you actually care about is the business that is going to have such a dazzlingly charged identity that you won't even have to bother thinking about standing out from the competition moving forward. Start asking, what do I enjoy doing? So when I first started my business at Misa Messaging, one of the biggest mistakes I made was thinking that just because I knew how to do something, I should offer it. 
Back when MISA was a full-service digital marketing agency, a lot of people were hitting me up for SEO, marketing metrics, ads, and social media management. And I offered it all because I had certifications, experience, and a track record, and people wanted to pay me to do that. But I didn't like doing it. I did not like being a full-service digital marketing agency at my business's current size. So I constantly was procrastinating and feeling crushed by the looming pressure of tasks people had paid me for that I didn't actually want to do. I may have gotten decent results most of the time and disappointing ones more often than I would have liked, but it was nothing compared to seeing the results my clients were getting with the work I actually loved doing. Moral of the story, just because you can offer something does not mean you should. Offer the work you love doing and you'll get to have a lot less procrastination and pressure plaguing your life. Remember, in marketing, we're aiming for a giving energy. Offer only what you'd be truly happy to give. Like me, do you need to narrow down your product suite? Here are some prompts to help you figure out where to focus and what to phase out. Do I have an offer I'm always late or behind on providing or promoting? Why? Which of my offers do I tend to avoid working on? Why? What is my favorite offer to provide? Why do I love it? How do I feel when producing and promoting each of my offers? Which feelings do I want more of in my life and which could I do with less of? Stop asking who is most likely to pay me money. Many business owners are super squeamish about narrowing down the customers they most want to serve. In those frightening times when money is lean, it's hard to think you wouldn't be happy with anyone who comes through the door with cash. But let me tell you, serving bad fit clients is a miserable experience because they're not who you made your offer for. And either you're going to have to keep changing things up to meet their needs, or they're going to keep being disappointed. And neither scenario feels very good. It's also really hard to figure out marketing and sales messaging when you're trying to appeal to anyone and everyone. People are much more likely to take you up on offers when you're specifically inviting them. Start asking, who am I rooting for? Figuring out your ideal customer is much easier than you think. It really comes down to who you are rooting for, for realsies. So I want you to reflect on, grab your journal again, and work through these prompts. Who do you want to see when? My business coach, Intuitive Edge Coachings, Sarah Beyer, her mission is just, I want everyone I fuck with to win. And I love that as a mission statement. So if that was your mission statement, which I think it is probably in some way, who is it that you fuck with? Who do you want to see win? Who are the people in the back of your mind when you decide how you want to minimize harm? Who do you want to protect with your work? Who would you love to have in your shop or on your consult call? Who triggers that I could help you thought when someone's small talk tips you off that they need something you have to offer? 
These are your folks. And yes, you have permission to let your ideal customers be the people you like, the people that hold similar beliefs and values, the people who are going through stuff you've gone through, the people it's easy and fun for you to talk to. These are your people. You already know how to talk to them and no one can serve them the way you can because no one else knows them so well. In conclusion, you're welcome. Because, whoo, did I just make all of marketing easier for you? Yep, I think I just did. So, in summary, your special sauce is you. Factor yourself into your business, what you care about, what you enjoy, and who you're rooting for. Do that and you'll have absolutely no trouble standing out no matter how crowded the market. All right, at the end of each episode, which sadly we are coming to, I'm going to leave you with an example of irresistible marketing. An example of wildly successful marketing out in the real world that maybe we love or maybe we hate. We'll see. Today we love it because we're talking about how Chewy sends flowers to customers whose pets have passed away. Losing a beloved pet is so incredibly painful. I just lost my baby Wesley. He was 16 and had the best snoot and I'm going to miss him forever. Anyway, that's why this example has come to mind for today's example of irresistible marketing. So losing a beloved pet so painful and add on to that expensive vet bills and the sad reminders of the pet food you just bought but don't need anymore devastating online pet retailer chewy understands this and sends bereaved pet owners a bouquet of flowers or even a painted pet portrait heartfelt cards refunds for food or supplies purchased for a recently deceased pet and requests to donate unopened food to pet shelters artist Anna Brosi went viral when she tweeted about them doing just that when she tried to return an unopened bag of food after her beloved dog, Gus, passed away. She tweeted, I contacted Chewy last week to see if I could return an unopened bag of my dog's food after he died. They, one, gave me a full refund, two, told me to donate the food to the shelter, and three, had flowers delivered today with the gift note signed by the person I talked to. Which is really sweet. That would totally have touched me. Many other Chewy customers commented about similar experiences with the company after losing a pet. News outlets soon picked up the story, rendering Chewy's customer service positively legendary. Customers with similar experiences declared their loyalty to the company, like Jennifer Epstein, who tweeted, This happened to us too. We wrote to cancel our late Springer Molly's flea and tick medication and not only got a full refund without returning the last shipment, but flowers, customers for life. Other customers decided to switch over to Chewy, like Twitter user Curves and Chaos, who tweeted, This thread has convinced me to stop making the trip to a store for my dog's food and to instead start ordering from Chewy. What a genuinely amazing setup they have going on. So I love this example of irresistible marketing because it displays genuine empathy for customers. Empathy that doesn't come at a price. 
It's a customer-first policy designed to bring comfort to bereaved pet owners experiencing a painful loss. The company didn't publicize this policy. The customers did, which is awesome. It shows just how irresistible kindness can be. Sometimes, oftentimes, the marketing move is to be more human and less strategic, less corporate, less ick factor marketing. All right, that wraps up the first episode of the Irresistible Marketing Pod. If you enjoyed it and want to keep these episodes coming, please consider leaving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help others find this show. Keep up with all things Irresistible Marketing by following Misa Messaging on Instagram. That's M-I-S-A Messaging, all one word, on Instagram. And signing up for our newsletter at misamessaging.com. That's M-I-S-A-M-E-S-S-A-G-I-N-G.com. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Have fun with your new marketing magic skills and don't hurt them. (laughs) 